This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. So much to go over, so much to do. Crazy night last night in the National Hockey League. And let's start with what happened, and I'm not even sure if anybody could explain what happened in Chicago last night when the Blackhawks put up a 10 spot against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And maybe the stat of the day... 10 goals, 0 for 6 on the power play. Well, it it tells me a couple of things. Number one, Chicago is a really good team. Adams is the third best team in the NHL going in, and we know the firepower that they have. And it's also a difficult spot for Pittsburgh because I do think emotion does play into this game early. You know, you have training camp, but if you look at the NHL's training camp, it's not very long. You play what? Between four and six preseason games. Most of the real stars don't play a tremendous amount. So early on, there's probably going to be a feeling out process, even for a Pittsburgh team that's got a ton of continuity. And they have an emotional night at home, later start, 8 o'clock face-off. Game doesn't get going until well after 8. They raise the banner, get off to a slow start, get a couple of goals late, steal a point. And then you get on a flight right after the game. You fly to Chicago. You take on the Blackhawks. You got your backup goaltender in the Emmy in there. And next thing you know, in the blink of an eye, it's 5 nothing. I probably wouldn't read too much into it. That is a tough spot for Pittsburgh to go to Chicago on such a short turnaround. But, God, 10-1 to is jarring, isn't it? 10-1 to just makes you you're just taken aback by it. So we'll see where this all ends up. Here's Pittsburgh two games into the season, just one point, giving up. But 15 goals in two games, uh, wouldn't read that much into it, but still kind of startling when you're seeing the defending Stanley Cup champions, I don't care who they're playing, give up 10 goals in one game. Both goaltenders got lit in the game. And again, the stat of the day, team scores 10 goals and goes 0 for 6 on the power play. Ranger fans are certainly upset at the loss to the Avalanche at Madison Square Garden. Because when you look at the schedule and you take on the worst team in the National Hockey League from the year before, you say, all right, that's an easy two points. And to get no points is a little bit jarring. I was there last night doing the pre and the post. I thought the Rangers played pretty well. You see the speed. You see that there's a lot going on there with their uh, with their offense. Shattenkirk is going to be a tremendous addition. Get a couple of power play goals from Zabanajan. But to me, the story with the Avalanches, Varlamov. And really, when you look at Colorado, they've got talent. I mean, Duchesne's a really good player. Forget about the contract stuff. He's really good. McKinnon, he's a little inconsistent, but we know he's got talent. Uh, Nail Yakupov, who they got from Edmonton, is a former first-round pick. I mean, they have talent there. Their blue line is a little shaky, but when you looked at Colorado last year, they couldn't keep Varlamov healthy. They didn't get any quality goaltending. I called both Ranger games against the Avalanche last year. Rangers didn't play particularly well, had actually fell behind one game in Colorado, fought back because the Avalanche goaltender isn't very good. But now Varlamov's had his groin surgery. He was on. The Rangers threw 39 shots at him, and, and he was stellar. The one goal he gave up on the power play to Zibanejad, the first one he got turned around, had no shot of making that save. Good tic-tac-toe passing by the Rangers' power play. But, hey, goaltending and pitching, right? Baseball and hockey have that similarity where that could be the great equalizer. Your goaltender goes out there and does a great job. Your pitcher goes out there, does a great job. It can change everything. So 
I don't look at the Avalanche as being a cup contender. I don't look at the Rangers as now being a flawed team based on what happened last night. What I look at it is, is that sometimes the goaltender can steal the show. And last night, Varlamov certainly stole the show. A lot of power play opportunities for both teams. Both teams cashed in. Zibanejad looked good. But I wouldn't freak out if I were the Rangers. It is jarring. You lose to the worst team in the National Hockey League who only had 48 points last year. But still... Good goaltending is going to change. And Colorado will be a better team if Varlamov can stay healthy. Uh, Montreal, shootout victory over the Buffalo Sabres. Montreal did fight back in this game. They struggled early, um, down 2-1 to one in the second period, but they fought back and they got the game-tying goal from Deneau, and then they win it in the shootout. Pominville, I thought, was really good with a couple of goals. Pominville back in Buffalo, so that means Rick Jenneret gets to say that Pominville adds to the population of Pominville with a couple of goals. So that's good. Max Pacioretty uh, gets a big goal as well. So a nice win for Montreal in the shootout. Buffalo, I still think, is a playoff team. I'm not sure Montreal is, but that's a good point to get in the division. Uh, Boston, I'm getting a lot of heat from Bruin fans. How do you say this team's not going to make the playoffs? And at home against the defending Western Conference champion Nashville Predators, Bruins win that game by the final score of 4-3. to three. Game misconduct always has had a special place in its heart for Charlie McAvoy. He's from Long Beach, Long Island, really good kid, kid represented uh, the United States in the World Juniors, got his first taste of the NHL in the playoffs last year against Ottawa. He picks up a goal and an assist. Uh, Louis DeBrusque's kid, Jake, uh, gets on the board for his first National Hockey League goal. Nashville playing without Benino, they're playing without Ellis, so they're a little banged up, and there will be a cup hangover for Nashville. Even though they were a perennial playoff team, they had never been out of the second round before in their history. Go to the Stanley Cup Final, lose an emotional six-game series. I was on with some guys in Nashville the other day. There will be a cup hangover. The loser of the Stanley Cup usually has it, especially if it's a team that's not used to going there. And with Ellis and Benito out, don't be surprised if Nashville kind of just floats along for the first month of the season. They're too good not to make the playoffs. But Chicago made a statement in that division. And Nashville did not, at least in day one. But I wouldn't get overly concerned. But that's a good win for Boston and a 4-3 win. And again, congratulations to Charlie uh, McAvoy. Two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, Washington and Ottawa, played a tremendous game. Capitals get the three goals in the third period, including uh, three goals from Alexander Ovechkin as he picks up the hat trick in the final 20 minutes of the game. So Ovechkin seems to be on. Usual suspects for the Ottawa Senators. Stone, who we've been talking about a lot here on Game Misconduct, had a couple of goals. Game goes to the shootout, and then Washington takes care of business in what was maybe one of the best games uh, of the night. Nice statement for the Detroit Red Wings. They're in rebuild mode, but they beat the Minnesota Wild by the final score of 4-2. to two. Uh, Good on them. Uh, all the talk about uh, Athenasiu, but you know what? Uh, Zetterberg getting older but still contributes with his first goal of the season. You know Larkin is a tremendous talent as well. A um, little bit of a problem for Minnesota chasing goals, which we said early in the season could be a bit of a problem. Great goaltending, but they might be chasing goals, and certainly they did last night in the first game for the Detroit Red Wings at the new Little Caesars Arena. 
Uh, really enjoyed this game last night between the Ducks and the Coyotes. And the Coyotes are kind of that forgotten team, but they got a lot of kids, a lot of young players. Derek Stepan now a member uh, of the Coyotes. They've made some trades there in rebuild mode, but they got a lot of good young players, including Declare and Domi, both of them scoring goals uh, last night. But Anaheim, who I think is the second-best team in the Western Conference behind Nashville, Raquel gets the big goal. Um, Cogliano, who's been there forever, those are the third-period goals as a, just a tremendous job by the Ducks to come back. Perry contributes with a couple of tallies, so a nice come-from-behind victory. Uh, Phoenix just couldn't finish it off, getting off to that good start, or I should say Arizona couldn't finish it off, getting off to that good start. But still, great job uh, by the Coyotes showing up with their younger kids, but Ducks just a better team. And Philadelphia is probably on fumes, right? Western swing, having to play the second of back-to-backs, home opener, two consecutive nights uh, with the win over the San Jose Sharks and then having to play the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, the Kings, one of those teams, you wonder, you know, quick stays healthy, but they get the Toffoli and the Lewis goals, and they win 2 nothing over the Philadelphia Flyers. So that recaps the games from last night. Islanders get going against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, so we're looking forward to that game. Want to hear a little bit from John Tavares. He was on with Rick DiPietro, Chris Canty, and Dave Rothenberg yesterday on our flagship station, 98.7 ESPN. So I want to play a couple of cuts from that interview. Tavares talks about his outlook for the team this season. Obviously, I think we, we uh, have some uh, some real good depth and, and talent in our group, a group that's been together for quite a while, uh, a lot of us, and then a lot of uh, youth that's really uh, pushing the envelope and, and should be able to... Um, make some great impacts in our lineup and, and, you know, they shouldn't have to feel the brunt of having to do so much. So they'd be insulated really well and honestly be able to, you know, be impact players. So, you know, I think uh, we got a team that can honestly uh, um, compete for the cup. I really believe that. And, and uh, you know, we'll look, look uh, to start off the right foot. Now, the reason I think a lot of Islander fans are excited is because, yes, they missed the playoffs last year, but if they had Doug Waite all year, maybe things would have been different. This was a different hockey team when Doug Waite took over, and Tavares was asked about his thoughts on Waite and the rest of the coaching staff, which also now has Scott Gomez in it. One great aspect, as Doug, he's a person and as a player, um, when I first came to the team was, you know, he did such a good job, especially a guy that was obviously so decorated and obviously accomplished so much in his career. Just really made everyone feel very valuable, very important to the team. And each guy, whether their role was really big or, or you know, a guy that uh, maybe uh, didn't get recognized as much or get as much credit for the, the, the things he brought to the table to help the team, they all were valued the same as Dougie by a captain or as by a leader. He, he Treated everybody the same. He was always fun to be around. Always uh, 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 was extremely competitive, but just had a great uh, personality, sense of humor. He just kind of was a guy that kind of attracted people uh, to him. And I think that's uh, was a great sign as the type of person he is. And then obviously, I think he translated as a player and now into a coach. And obviously, he really wanted to uh, surround himself with some really good people, uh, with people uh, he brought in this, this offseason to uh, help him try to elevate our group and elevate each and each and every guy individually. Tavares talks about the newest acquisition for the New York Islanders from the Edmonton Oilers, Jordan Everly. I, I think what the Islander fans are going to just see is some great hands around the net, uh, just tremendous uh, puck skills uh, up and tight and um, got a sneaky uh, quick release and, and uh, just a really smart player, you know, good goal scorers, guys up at the puck and then have to be in the right areas at the right times and he, and he has that knack for it. So those, those two qualities really stand out for me and I think uh, – be a big asset for us, especially on the power play, somewhere we really struggled last year. So, um, 
you know, he's, uh, I know, really motivated and looking forward to the, the opportunity and, and off to a fresh start with uh, with us. JT talked about the power play, which was an Achilles heel for the team last year. So why is it going to be different this year? Well, obviously, we got up to a, a disappointing start. We kind of really put ourselves in a hole, and then we, you know, we almost climbed the mountain back and, and, and got into the playoffs. But I think certainly uh, we just need to get off uh, on the right foot. Um, goes a long way. Um, I mean, you need to be consistent throughout 82 games. That's why you play them all. But certainly, uh, when you put yourself in a good position early, uh, it allows you to uh, um, um, rebound or give you some cushion when, when things, you know, you're going through the ebbs and flows of the season and, and you're hitting a little bit of a rough patch. And a question that I think every Islander fan was thrilled to hear the answer of. All right, be, be honest with this. Do you do you hate the Rangers? Absolutely. Good. I love I love that answer. John Tavares with Rick DiPietro, Chris Canty, and Dave Rothenberg. You can hear that show Monday through Friday from 10 to 1 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN. So the Islanders start their season in Columbus against the Blue Jackets, Lightning, and the Panthers from Tampa, the Battle of Florida. I think the Lightning will be a very good team this year. And the Las Vegas Golden Knights, or the Vegas Golden Knights, excuse me, start their 27-2018 campaign, their first-ever franchise game in Dallas against the Stars. Next week on Tuesday will be their first game in Vegas. So let's hear from you, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And, of course, a lot of Ranger fans are up in arms about what happened last night. So let's start with them. Sam Diaz says, what was the biggest factor in last night's Rangers game? Varlamov playing great or the weak defense by the Blue Shirts? Well, I think it was really Varlamov. I, I really do. When you look at the um, the Rangers, they didn't give up a ton of shots. What, 26 shots on goal? Uh, I don't think Hank had his best game. I, I came away and talking to some people around Madison Square Garden, the the lasting impression of that game last night was the play of Arlamov. So I wouldn't read too much into the Rangers struggling as much as you just have to say uh, just a good job by Varlamov, who's a really good goaltender in this league when he's healthy. Guy, I got a chance to meet him at Madison Square Garden last night. I've been calling him Guy because I thought maybe he was from France but uh, or a, a French-Canadian. But, no, I met Guy, big Ranger fan. He was over uh, at the Garden last night in Section 213. So I thought it was fun uh, to say hello to him. Uh, but he brought up in game misconduct. Rangers sloppy early, power play good. Hank was average. Team looked like it was first game. Everything is correctable. I agree with you. I saw the speed. But you got new players, right? You've got Carey. You've got D'Angelo. You've got Heedle. You've got Shattenkirk. I mean, you've got so many different players it's going to take some time. Again, the preseason just—it's not the same as it is in other sports. You don't—you go kind of go through it quick. I would not uh, freak out at all by what happened last night. The goaltender was really good. If Varlamov was just very good instead of excellent last night, maybe the Rangers at least steal a point. Uh, but Varlamov deserved to be the number one star, making 37 saves. Thor says, "What do you make of the Pens' slow start?" Zabanajad looked like. The Rangers needed him last night. It looked like the way the Rangers are going to want to need him last night. Yeah, Zibanejad, when healthy, is going to be fine. Remember, he broke his leg last year and was outstanding before he broke uh, his leg earlier in the season. The Penguins, I've been saying it. We've been waiting for it. When does it begin to catch up with you? All right? They win the Stanley Cup. Then a lot of their key players played in the World Cup of Hockey last year. Then they win another Stanley Cup. They've had a ton of injuries to deal with over the last couple of years. It's going to wear teams out. So maybe they just did get off to a slow start. They're just way too talented not to make the playoffs. 
But, hey, teams like the Hurricanes, teams like the Rangers, teams like the Blue Jackets, they got to pay attention to this because we may see Washington and Pittsburgh take a bit of a step back, and those teams have to find a way to be able to take advantage of it. Um, Kevin says, who is your sleeper team this year? Well, funny you mention that because I do think the Carolina Hurricanes are that sleeper team. I do think they're going to sneak into the playoffs. A lot of people do not have them having that great of a season. Alejandro says, which rookie, in your opinion, is set to make the biggest noise this season? Well, I'm going to be real lazy and say, let's look at the first two picks in the draft. Uh, He sure had a great preseason I think he's got a chance to make an impact. Certainly the Devils are going to rely on him big time this year. A team that's going to be really struggling to score goals, I think, are going to really have him playing a lot of minutes, playing minutes on the power play. And, of course, Nolan Patrick with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's getting some playing time there, too. So, yeah, I know it's easy to say the first two picks in the draft last year, but those are the two guys that I'm looking at. There's other players around there. Um, Blackhawks have a few blown players, including Smoltz. there's a lot of good players to take a look at, but those are the two that pop into my head. Robert says, hey, Don LaGreca, Hawks-Pens question. Niemi lets in four goals and Murray lets in five. What does this tell us about the Pens' D? Yeah, well, again, pump the brakes on the fact that they gave up as many goals as they did. Short turnaround, played at home in Pittsburgh, then go to Chicago, the emotion of raising the banner. I need to see a little bit more. But they did allow four goals against the good St. Louis team. D... Certainly something to take a look at. Pittsburgh is going to win a lot of games by just flat-out outscoring their opponents. But, again, I wouldn't read too much into it. Uh, Andy says, uh, not nearly big enough uh, sample to judge from yet. Just it seems like scoring will be up this year. Thinks this Think this will continue. Well, uh, scoring is going to be up because there's going to be more power play opportunities. You're seeing that they're calling that new slashing rule. They're calling the illegal equipment. They're calling the delay a game on the faceoffs. They're calling things very tight early. So teams are getting power play opportunities. The more power plays, the more goals. It seems like offense is always ahead of defense and goaltending early in the season. So I don't think it's going to continue at this clip, but it is more of an offensive league than it was before. Um, Mark says, what's wrong with Lundqvist? Seems like trading Talbot and Ranta last couple of years was a mistake. What do you think? Again, he didn't have the greatest of nights. I think you're going to like Pavlik as a backup goaltender, so I'm not going to sit there and say that the loss of Talbot and the loss of Ranta are uh, uh, an Achilles for the New York Rangers. Listen, Talbot deserved his opportunity with Edmonton. You could not give him a big-time contract knowing that Lundqvist also had a big contract. All right, You kind of stepped in it with Ranta, and he deserved his opportunity to go and get a chance to play elsewhere. So... It's just going to be a rotation of guys. Back early in Lundquist's career, it was having guys like Kevin Weeks and Valaket backing him up. So I wouldn't get too crazy about Lundquist. It's amazing for all the things that Henrik Lundquist has done for the Rangers organization. The second he has a bad game, the second he loses, everybody starts pointing to this being the beginning of the end. I still think he is going to be fine, believe me. He's lost 20 pounds over the last couple of years. He's playing slimmer. I think there's going to be a lot uh, of good things happening with Henrik Lundqvist before he's done. Dan Isles negative. In your opinion, how many points will the Islanders have at the end of the season and why? High 80s. I think they're a borderline playoff team, 88, 89 wins. Again, I'm not in love with Grice and Halak. I think Eberle is a really good player. Uh, Tavares is one of the best players in the league. But you're in a tough division, man. 
When you got to play four to five games, I don't have the schedule in front of me to know who they play five times and who they play four times, but that's the format in your division. When you've got the Rangers and you got the Penguins and you've got the Capitals, you've got an improved Devil team, you've got an improved Flyer team, you've got a Carolina team that I think can make some noise. That's a tough spot for the Islanders to be in. So Doug Waite, great coach. I like the addition of uh, Scotty Gomez. He'll certainly keep things light. I had to guess a number of points. I'll say uh, 89. Al says, tough loss for the Rangers last night. This must be what it's like when Hank starts, uh, stands on his head. 72 invisible, 77 impressed me. Uh, you know, Heedle is a young kid. He did commit a penalty. He's got speed. He's going to have uh, a maturation process for sure. Um, I think D'Angelo, I thought, looked very good. Um, I think you got to be happy overall with the Rangers' performance. I do. It's just Varlamov. And Al brings up a great point. You know, that's why people get into the whole sabermetrics of hockey because the Rangers did a lot of good things. Their Corsi was very good. They got a ton of shots on goal. They possessed the puck well. They scored on the power play. They had 39 shots on goal. Varlamov was the X factor, and he can definitely play better with that groin injury taken care. He had two groin surgeries during the offseason, and uh, it looks like he certainly is a lot better than he was in uh, recent uh, vintage. The Hockey 411 says, have the Penguins hit a wall? Do they have a hangover from last year, a long playoff run? Well, as I mentioned, uh, the Hockey 411, long playoff run the year before, World Cup of Hockey, long playoff run last year. Believe me, they're going to be fine. There's no hangover for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've got too many guys on that team that have won three Stanley Cups. Certainly, you know, everybody pretty much on that team won back-to-back Stanley Cups. More of a hangover, I think, for Nashville than it would be for Pittsburgh. But, hey, it was a tough spot. Home against St. Louis, you raise the banner. 8 o'clock face-off when usually it's a 7 o'clock face-off. Fly to Chicago, play one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. That is not uh, a good spot. Um, Ryan says he is really psyched for the opener against the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight for the New York Islanders. You and many don't see the Islanders doing well. Think the team may surprise. Hey, Ryan, I hope they do surprise. I, Boston, Islanders, these are all teams that I think are right there at the doorstep that they can make some things happen. Got to play well in the division. I think uh, the Islanders have a real shot. I, you, some, some people have to be in. Some have, people have to be out. Team's not going to be awful. I can tell you that. Team is not going to be awful. This is going to be a fun team to watch, but in a very difficult and competitive division, I think you're left now to be a wild card team. And how's Buffalo going to do? How's Carolina going to do? How's Boston going to do? All those teams are going to be battling, I think, for wild card spots, and it's going to be certainly difficult uh, to get in. Let's squeeze in one more tweet, and that's from Zach. How do you see the Central shaking out? Well, let's take a look at the Central division and how I see it shaking out. Well, Chicago is one of the best teams in the league. Nashville I have as the best team in the Western Conference. St. Louis, I think, is the third best team. Minnesota, as like I said, is chasing goals. Dallas, I think, is a very good team as well. So they're going to be battling, I think, for the wild card. I believe at the beginning of the season I had Dallas and Minnesota as the wild card teams. Winnipeg disappointed me against Toronto. Steve Mason is going to be a better goaltender than what they had last year, but certainly that did not show in the first game against Toronto. Good, young players. Truba, his contract is done. Shifley's really good. Of course, Line A's terrific, but that's a tough division. So Chicago makes the playoffs. St. Louis makes the playoffs in this division. I've got Dallas. Um, I'm not really sure. Probably a wild card with Minnesota. 
So I've got Nashville, Chicago, St. Louis is the top three. I got Dallas and Minnesota as your wild card. So that's not bad that you have a division of seven teams, and I got five of them going to the playoffs. Colorado will be better with the goaltending. Winnipeg, I see, has the outside going in, but that is a fun division with a ton of young players. A lot of talent in Colorado. They just got to put it together goaltending-wise. ton of young talent in Winnipeg. They just got to find a way to turn the corner. A lot of good things to watch out for there in the Central Division. Very, very difficult division to prognosticate, but that's what I did. I got five teams coming out of the division, so you can make the case that this is the best division in the National Hockey League. The Metropolitan Division certainly would have a say, but I think the Central is right up there. All right. I'm not going to do a top five this week. It's silly. I wanted these teams to play. If you listen to me on the Michael K show, I'm always getting on you know these preseason uh, rankings because then you rank somebody first to start the season, and then it's almost impossible to move them out of there unless they completely collapse. And teams that are outside of the top five have tr- st- trouble getting in. So let's play a week of hockey. Next Friday we'll reconvene. We'll take a look at it there. Uh, thanks for tweeting at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. I'm going to be in Toronto on Saturday. I'm going to be home against the Montreal Canadiens at Madison Square Garden on Sunday. So a lot of hockey to talk about coming up on Monday. Whole weekend of hockey. Vegas plays their first game. Uh, everybody will have played by the time we get to Monday. So we'll really be able to dissect how this league works. Will the goals continue? Will the power play opportunities continue? We'll have to wait and see. So enjoy your weekend, everybody. And this has been the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.